Welcome to ADHD SOS. We've heard your call, and don't worry, help is on the way. This is the only podcast that combines mindset skills, cognitive psychology, and the motivational pep talks you need to beat procrastination and achieve peak performance. Join me, your host and fellow ADHDer, Tina L., as we journey from SOS to smooth sailing. Welcome back, SOS Squad. Today, today we're talking about how you can change your mind about yourself. And I want to kick this off with a question I have for you, which is, who do you think you are? If you're like most people, your reaction to this question is probably total confusion. Uh, my name is Tina. I'm a female. I like chocolate. Most of us haven't spent too much time thinking about this question. But what's crazy is that the answer to this question influences everything you think, feel, and do. Your beliefs about who you think you are function like an operating system, silently and stealthily determining your behavior and and your rules for how you operate. Will you take a chance and go for the job just beyond your abilities? Will you risk rejection and ask that girl out? Will you actually write the screenplay you've been dreaming of? The answer to all of these questions depends on who you think you are. So why don't you and I just decide to think we're great so we can get everything we want? That sounds fun, right? Not so fast. Remember that operating system? It started being programmed when you were really young. You started collecting the thoughts and opinions of other people, parents, teachers, and peers, and now it's kind of baked in. That means that if important people in your life ever told you that you're lazy, unreliable, too emotional, too slow, too much, too little, not very smart, not doing enough, someone who can't finish anything, someone who can't seem to do anything right, someone who doesn't follow through, you're probably still thinking these things (laughs) unless, unless you've created a whole new operating system. And that's what I want to show you how to do today. First, I just want to say that if you have ADHD and that list of criticisms that I just ran through resonates for you, it makes sense. As children, it's natural for us to look to the outside world to tell us who we are. And boy, do they tell us. ADHDers especially. ADHDers have a history of criticism by others. The result is that shame is at the center of our self-concept. Studies have shown just how pervasive this criticism is. Children with ADHD are less well-liked than their neurotypical peers. Children with ADHD are more likely to be bullied during their school years. Parents are more likely to show higher levels of criticism and less warmth towards children with traits of ADHD. And undergraduate students have reported lower levels of liking and reduced willingness to interact with people demonstrating ADHD behaviors. And lastly, a horrifying statistic that maybe you've heard before. It's estimated that by age 10, children with ADHD hear 20,000 more negative messages than their neurotypical peers. 
So at this formative age, when we're naturally looking to the outer world to tell us who we are, this is what we get. Far less social acceptance, less acceptance from our families, and a heaping amount of negative judgment. So why does this matter now? I mean, why dwell on the past? Because the thing is that nobody stops you in that place between childhood and adulthood and tells you, now is the time. Now you get to decide what you think about yourself. If you, like most humans, didn't stop and decide what you want to think about yourself on purpose, then you're likely still believing that you are a collection of the critical thoughts that have been directed to you by others. And if that's the case, those thoughts are most definitely holding you back from reaching your full potential. In today's episode, we're talking about how you can change your mind about yourself so that you can take the action you want to take in your life. I'm going to explain the sneaky ways that your thoughts about yourself keep you stuck and a very concrete way to change the way you think about yourself that totally changed the game for me. The first step in changing your mind about yourself is to identify an insidious thought error that most of us have. I always knew that other people, people whose opinions mattered to me, had negative thoughts about me. But also there was something very sneaky going on beneath the surface. I was making a logical leap I didn't realize I was making. I thought I had to be who other people said I was. If someone said I'm too slow, that's what I believed myself to be. If someone said I'm not very smart, that's what I believed myself to be. If someone said I can't finish anything, I accepted that as the truth about me. If someone said I can't do anything right, I took that as fact. My potential was limited by what other people told me I was capable of. I had no idea that I got to decide what I thought about myself. I didn't realize that I get to decide what I think I'm capable of. Perhaps I take longer to finish a homework assignment, but I'm also very thoughtful and contemplative. I often take longer than my peers, but I also often go deeper into subjects than my peers. Perhaps I'm not smart in a way that can be measured by a standardized test, but I have my own unique intelligence. Perhaps I have trouble finishing things, but I'm also a person who's multi-talented, curious, and has many interests. Perhaps I get things wrong often, but I'm also a person who gets things right sometimes and lands on brilliant new ideas. I didn't realize that my self-concept could be an exercise in yes and. Yes, I'm slow. And I'm also deep. Yes, I'm not smart in a standard way, and I'm smart in a unique way. Yes, I have trouble finishing things, and I'm also a curious person with experiences in countless domains. Yes, I often get things wrong, and I also have flashes of insight that have gotten me really far. I can accept that, yes, there are negative things that are true about me, for sure, And I can accept that, yes, sometimes I accidentally inconvenience other people or make life really complicated for myself. And I can decide that those things are not who I am. Want to know an awesome ADHD hack? Become a follower of the show and new episodes will be served to you automatically when they become available. 
No need to remember to have to go looking for new episodes. Fresh survival strategies will be delivered straight to the homepage of your favorite player. On Spotify, click on the name of the show and click follow under the picture of me. And on Apple Podcasts, click on the name of the show, click on the three dots on the right-hand side and select follow. I can't wait for you to join the SOS squad. These challenges don't define me. These challenges don't make up my identity. I can recognize the real and legitimate ways that I'm challenged and still choose to focus my attention on all the ways that I'm excellent. So why does this matter? Next, I'm going to show you exactly how these negative thoughts keep us stuck in a concrete technique for changing them entirely that changed my whole freaking life. So let's cut straight to the chase. The purpose in changing your mind about yourself is so that you can take the action you want to take and live the life you want to live. Cognitive psychology tells us that your thoughts about yourself determine how you feel and what you do. Your belief about who you are affects how you feel and your feelings drive your actions. Your feelings determine how productive you are, how you handle setbacks, difficult situation at work, or a challenging task. Have you been told that you're lazy? If you have, how do you think you'll feel when you're starting a new workout routine? Have you been told that you're bad at following through? If you have, how do you think you'll feel when you're taking on a big project? Have you been told that you're unreliable? If you have, how do you think you'll feel at the start of a new relationship? Have you been told you're too slow? If you have, how will you feel about meeting a deadline? When we integrate the judgment of others as our own negative feelings about ourselves, they prove themselves true. Those negative feelings ultimately result in us hiding, avoiding, and procrastinating. This is what's so crazy. The feeling of dread that comes from the thought, I can't finish anything, actually does and will contribute to you not finishing the thing. (laughs) Those negative feelings create quicksand that we can't move through. And it makes sense. It makes sense that you're not motivated by thoughts of failing. It makes sense that you're not inspired by thoughts of your own inadequacy. And it makes sense that the negative thoughts are the ones we cling to most firmly. In fact, all humans are wired to hold on to negativity. And this is a big part of what makes changing your mind about yourself so challenging. According to Georgetown University Associate Professor Christine Porath, Negativity is a multiple of four to seven times more powerful than positivity. Negativity is sticky. This is how we've survived, evolutionarily speaking. Fixating on the negative helped us notice that thing that was lurking in the bushes. The problem with this sticky negativity is that it applies to our thoughts about our own selves. Once we see ourselves as having a high failure rate, it's easy to think of ourselves as failures despite all the successes we stack up. That's why changing our minds about ourselves needs to be a persistent and regular practice. Our brains hate having thoughts that are inconsistent with our actions. That inconsistency is called cognitive dissonance. In order to avoid cognitive dissonance, when we have a thought, Our brains go to work proving it true through our actions. 
If we think we're unreliable, our brains will go to work to prove that true. If we think we're people who can't finish things, our brains will go to work to prove that true. If we think we're inconsistent, our brains will go to work to prove that true. The problem here is that what our brains are working at proving true is often not the result we want. We don't want to be unreliable. We don't want to not be able to finish. We don't want to be inconsistent. So the question becomes, is it helpful to think of yourself as inconsistent? How does it feel when you think of yourself as inconsistent? Does thinking that you're inconsistent help you to be more consistent? Does thinking that you're inconsistent give you the confidence you need to stay the course when you're starting a new project? Imagine now that you choose to think of yourself as persistent. You may miss a few days at the gym. You may have a bad brain day and get nothing done. You may lose track of tidying up your house and things are a mess. You accept these truths about yourself, but you persistently ask yourself what you need to do to get back on the horse. You're not thrown off by an off day or an off week. You know that this is just how it goes. You keep your eye on the prize and you keep showing up the best you can. What you believe about yourself is that you are persistent. So you do what persistent people do, which is to keep reapproaching your goals and putting forth effort. How does it feel in your body when you think of yourself as persistent? Does thinking about yourself as persistent help you to be more consistent? Does thinking that you're persistent give you the confidence you need to get back into that project after you've had a bad brain day? You get to choose whether to see yourself as inconsistent or persistent. Neither is objectively more true than the other. Which of these thoughts about yourself serves your end goals? This is the question we must answer in order to develop a self-concept on purpose. This isn't meant to deny that there are times where you feel unmotivated or we avoid things that we need to get done. But is this who you are? Is that your identity? And will thinking that that's who you are get you the results you want? Also, consider if it could be true that there's more to the story. Could it be true that you've avoided things in the past because you didn't have the tools to do otherwise? Could it be true that you're not in fact a lazy person, but a person who's struggling with executive dysfunction? Could it be true that with the right tools and support, you could take totally different actions? The bottom line is that we get to decide what we think about ourselves. It's normal that we spend the first part of our lives looking to other people to understand who we are. But what the world doesn't tell us is that at some point, we ought to reflect on what we've been told and decide what we want to believe on purpose. And not just to have warm and fuzzy feelings, and not as a way to deny the real challenges we have. The purpose of forming an intentional self-concept is so that we can generate the emotions that we need to drive the actions we want to take. Because motivation can't be sourced from feelings of inadequacy. Persistence can't be sourced from feelings of incompetence. Willingness can't be sourced from feelings of ineptitude. So we need different emotions in order to take action when we want to take action. And in order to have different emotions, we need to have different thoughts about ourselves. Here's how to start changing your thoughts about yourself on purpose. I call this the thought bridge, and it's a three-step process to change your brain. The first step is to ask, what is the main negative thought you're having about yourself right now? 
Just choose one thought for the purpose of this exercise. If you're having trouble identifying the thought, consider thoughts that start with, I'm too blank, or I'm not blank enough. In the second step, we identify what we wish we thought about ourselves but don't currently believe. This is your goal thought. This thought is your aspiration. This thought shows us where we're going. So examples are, I can finish anything I decide to finish. I'm reliable. I'm doing enough. And in the third step, we create the bridge. These are three thoughts that you can believe are true right now. They're more neutral or positive than your current thought, but they're less ambitious than your goal thought. These thoughts become the bridge between the negative thought you've been thinking and the way you want to be thinking. It's important that you believe this thought. You can know if you're believing the thought by thinking the thought and then seeing if it resonates, feels good and true in your body. So if your goal thought is, I can finish anything I decide to finish, some bridge thoughts might be, there are things that I have finished. I am learning the skills it takes to become someone who finishes. Yesterday, I finished something. Let's say the goal thought is, I'm reliable. Some bridge thoughts might be, I'm working on becoming reliable. I am capable of becoming someone who is reliable. I am reliable sometimes. Let's say your goal thought is, I'm doing enough. Some bridge thoughts might be, I'm capable of expanding my capacity to take action. I am working on creating realistic expectations for what I can do. Sometimes I feel like I do enough. Okay, so we identified our aspirational thought, and then we identified our bridge thought. Now it's time to practice your new thought, your new bridge thought. Put your bridge thought in places you can see, like sticky notes on your bathroom mirror, your laptop screen, or your car dashboard. Make your new bridge thought your lock screen on your phone, or write it on your whiteboard, or calendar, or journal. The trick to integrating these new thoughts as quickly as possible is to practice them as much as possible. The more you practice thinking these bridge thoughts, the faster you'll integrate them and the closer you'll get to your aspirational thought and thus your new self-concept. And now it's time for the rescue recap. When it's sink or swim, remember these key takeaways. All right, SOS squad, today we talked about what I think is one of the most important things we could possibly talk about, which is how to change your mind about yourself. I started by asking, who do you think you are? The content of your response is made up of thoughts. Unless we've done the work on our self-concept on purpose, our idea about who we are is a collection of ideas of who other people think we are. So if other people call us flaky or say that we're too slow, too sensitive, too much, their thoughts about us become our thoughts about us. And even deeper than that, it becomes what we think is fundamentally true about who we are. 
Other people's thoughts about us become our own thoughts about ourselves and eventually their thoughts become our own self-imposed limitations. For example, the judgment of other people dictated how I judged myself and what I thought I was capable of. It makes sense that we end up with these negative beliefs because ADHDers experience a lot of negativity growing up, especially compared to the average neurotypical child. And as children, we're taught to look at the world around us to understand who we are. But keep in mind that all those negative judgments from so long ago, and even ones from present day, most likely come from people who don't understand how our brains work and don't have the tools to help us in an effective way. Given that, does it make any sense to base our self-concept on those judgments? I think we can agree that objectively, it does not make sense. But part of the reason people's negative beliefs about us are so sticky is because negative beliefs themselves are sticky. Scientific studies show that negative beliefs are the hardest to let go of even when they're disproven. We don't necessarily decide to think we're unreliable, for example, but then one day we realize that that belief is there and we take it as fact. And it influences what we believe we're capable of. We forget that we get to decide who we believe we are. We get to decide what we think is true. Those thoughts are not facts. Those thoughts are optional and adjustable. Those thoughts are a script that you can rewrite. You get to define yourself however you want to define yourself. There is no truth. When developing a new self-concept, we get to ask the question, who do we want to think we are? What actually will serve us? What thoughts will inspire the feelings we need to have to engage in the actions we need to take to get the results we want to create? All of your actions or inactions are rooted in your belief about who you are and what you think you're capable of. When we choose our thoughts about ourselves on purpose, we don't deny the reality of the challenges we're facing. Maybe we are slow or unreliable or have trouble finishing things. These things can be true, and still we can focus our attention on beliefs that will serve us. We can say, yeah, I'm messy, and I'm brilliant. (laughs) The thought bridge is a way to start moving our beliefs about ourselves from where they are now to where we want them to be. For each new thought you want to think about yourself, choose three bridge thoughts. The thought bridge is a way to start moving our beliefs about ourselves from where they are to where we want them to be. For each new thought you want to think about yourself, choose three bridge thoughts. These are the thoughts that are less ambitious than your ideal self-belief, but they're thoughts you can believe are true right now. They're a way to interrupt the negative and sometimes unconscious beliefs that are lurking beneath the surface and start to create a new platform from which to build new beliefs. So this week I want to challenge you to actually try out the thought bridge. Number one, what's one persistent negative belief you have about yourself? Here's a hint. It probably starts thoughts that start with, I'm too blank, or I'm not blank enough. The next step is to determine what you wish you thought about yourself. What's that aspirational thought? What's that thought that is going to make you feel awesome and move you into the action that you want to take? And lastly, What are three thoughts you can believe right now that are better than your negative belief, but not as ambitious as your desired belief? These are realistic, practical thoughts that you already believe. 
And then the final, final, final step is that we plaster these thoughts everywhere around ourselves throughout the different places of our life so that we can practice thinking them on purpose and make them part of us and move closer and closer to that aspirational belief. I am rooting for you and I love you. SOS Squad, over and out. Do you have a question about ADHD or an issue with productivity that you'd like to hear discussed on the show? I would love to throw you a lifeline. Send your SOS message to ADHDSOSpodcast at gmail.com. That's ADHDSOSpodcast at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear from you.